Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. We continue Wes Craven Month with 2010's My Soul to Take. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord... my soul to take. No! Please! No! What just happened? My name is Adam Hellerman, but everyone calls me Bug. I live in Riverton, Massachusetts, a small town notable for fishing, tourism, and the Riverton Ripper. The Ripper was killed 16 years ago today, the very night that seven of us here were born. Some say we share more than just a birthday. They found Jay Chan in the river this morning. He's dead. Pray for our souls, Bug. He's coming. Hello? There's been no clue as to who this killer might be. If he was evil enough, somebody you thought was dead come back alive? Souls live on. Do you think the Ripper came back to take his revenge? What if his soul went into one of the seven kids who were born the night he died? Bug? Pray for our souls, Bug. But which one? Do you know who your father was? Take a look in the mirror, Bug. If you kill people, Bug, not that I can remember. So five years after the turd that was cursed, Whew. and I when I mean that the turd that was cursed, the cursed the film, <laughs> and <laughs> and it was actually cursed. And no offense to Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, because I feel like it, it that wasn't, wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault. We now have this film, My Soul to Take, which I have never seen in my whole damn life, nor did I know that it was a Wes Craven film, nor did I know it was the first film since 1994's Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I fucking hated. That he also wrote, produced, and directed this film as well. I really hated that film. I thought it was terrible. The yeah. new nightmare. Anywho. And here we are again with another Wes Craven movie that gets bogged down with reshoots and changes. And again, poor Wes Craven just couldn't catch a break. He could not. Now, the movie. My first... <laughs> my first uh, initial notes on the film is what the fuck is this film yeah the first like 15 20 minutes of this movie is insane it's insane and dare i say amazing i love the first fucking 15 minutes of the film it's literally 15 minutes if they had kept that up for the rest of the movie that level of just 
fucking crazed murder and insanity, it would have been a great movie. But it kind of teeters off after that. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of, I guess, maybe symbolism, one can say. But Wes Craven has this thing with, you know, men that have secrets downstairs in the basement area. You know, <laughs> I, 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 under, I get it. I get it. The belly of the beast, you know. This father, who seems like the best father ever, he's making... First of all, who the fuck does this, okay? No offense, Shad. You're an amazing dad. But, damn. Why the hell didn't you fucking go out there... And carve a rocking horse by hand? Knock a fucking tree down, bring it in, and carve a rocking horse by hand, okay? You know who does that? Serial killers. With idle hands, right? So... (laughs) So here he is making this beautiful rocking chair and at the rocking horse. rocking horse and at the same time he's making this rocking horse he's also making a beautiful dollhouse for his daughter how lovely okay and then you see the wife you know just checking in with her hubby who's mad pregnant <coughs> and then the fucking movie takes a whole other fucking turn. Like, you hear in the background, you know, the news. The Riverton Ripper has struck again. And you're like, oh, no. And That's another thing I love. The newscast that always is exactly the right spot when they turn on the TV. It's never in the middle of a sentence. They're always just Or like a commercial. A, a commercial. They always turn it on and go, we come to you now live with news on the Riverton Ripper. Oh, what a shock. We got here just in the nick of time for the story element. Another Ripper, right? Riverton Ripper, right? He always has to have a clever fucking name for his killers. So here we have, you know, the killer. And this is where it gets foggy, so you're going to have to remind me. Is it that someone saw the knife or there was the imprint of the knife? There was a video of the knife. Okay, so now there's a video of the knife that they show. And then cuts to the fucking dad. And, oh, shit, he goes somewhere and there's the fucking knife for the fucking blood. And then you hear, like... You know, I'm just going to reenact the scene. It's like, <laughs> didn't it feel good to kill her? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, he's like, hearing the crazy voice. You know, yeah, the crazy head. voice starts talking to him. And he, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and you realize that he's got multiple personalities. He has disassociative identity disorder. And he accidentally discovers that he is the Riverton Ripper. Which is insane because it's like, how do you not know you're the Ripper? How are you so dissociative? Well, obviously he's dissociative, sorry, so he's not going to know. And he's just like, look, he's like, you can't take that. Because he's like, I'm going to the police. I'm trading my fucking self in. And the, you know, other voice in his head is like, no, you're not because I will kill your wife. You know, and I'll he's like, your oh, wife, shit. Your daughter, your unborn child, I'll kill them all if you turn yourself in. And he's like, oh, well, obviously you can't do that now, right? But he's like, and you can't tell anyone because you can never fucking tell anyone, right? You can never tell anyone. And it's like, this person shares the same brain as you. How are you going to pretend to go to sleep? <laughs> right? Yeah. Then you're going to wake up. You're going to pick up the landline. There's no cell phones, right? You pick up the landline and you'll be like, hey, uh, uh, psychiatrist, 
remember you told me to call you if I like had a fucking episode or if I found out that I was crazy. So the voice came and told me that uh, I'm the fucking Riverton Ripper and whatever. And you're fucking spilling your fucking guts. But you know what? The fucking killer already knew what you were about. Because he was like, you think you're going to fucking pull the wool over my eyes, you idiots? I know you're going to pretend to go to sleep and you're going to wake up and fucking just spill the fucking beans to the fucking therapist. So I'm going to have you kill the fucking wife beforehand. There she is, bleeding out, okay? Like, just slid open the fucking stomach, entrails coming out, baby foot fucking dangling out of the fucking thing. (laughs) It's just so fucking horrific. And I was just screaming the whole time. I was like, no! like freaking the fuck out and he's freaking out and then you know the fucking therapist is like well gotta call 911 like get the fucking cops there because some shit's gonna fucking go down and then of course like you know you do the killer's like well you know i'm gonna go and fucking try to kill the fucking daughter that doesn't work out the fucking daughter comes in the cops come in they shoot him they a shoot couple him. of times. They shoot him Michael Myers, Michael Myers style, right? Like, I shot him six times, right? And the fucker is having a whole conversation. He's like, yeah, I had coffee this morning. Uh, Igwise decided I was That's the theme the of this movie because that will happen again later. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what is with the fucking... And then the guy's like, I don't know. Uh, we're going to take him in. And I don't understand what the whole fucking thing was between the cop, the psychiatrist. Like, the psychiatrist, he's just a man. Like, well, he's the, a family, The you know? cop is like, you know, I, I'm glad I shot him. I hope he dies and I hope he suffers. And the, the guy on the killer, you know, the ripper, he's like, can you forgive me? Can you please forgive me? Please find it in your heart to forgive me. And the psychiatrist is like, look, be a human being. He's dying, okay? Just tell him you forgive him. Okay, first so of all, the like, cop is not a mother. This is, I know this is a small town, but the cop is not also the fucking pastor. Like, we don't have to be shaking people's hands, <laughs> doing dabs, high fives, like fucking Hail Marys to the fucking cop, to the sheriff. Like, that's so not what that's about. The cop leans in to give him the shaky's hand. Like and an idiot. Him. He whips the gun away from the cop, shoots him, then shoots the therapist right between the eyes, blows his brains out. He did. And then is about to shoot the daughter and the mom's corpse, a half-dead body on the bed, when the cop rolls over and shoots him again because, like, well, he was, you know, he had an extra ankle holster. He's the fucking Loomis of this movie. He's not going to die. He's going to get burned on, shot on. He's going (laughs) to fucking live to the end. By the way, he's played by Frank Grillo, who'd go on to play in a lot of the Marvel movies. A lot of he plays a bad guy in a lot of things. His name is fucking Frank Grillo, okay? <laughs> Grillo. You know that it's fucking gonna be serious business. Like he you're, he's gonna grill you. Like it's done for you. Then they take everybody's in the ambulance. The cop and the killer are in the same ambulance. Apparently, the mom and the daughter and another one. It's a small town. They have they have all the corpses in the one ambulance. Yeah, so they're they're going <laughs> to the hospital. This is where it gets real crazy. And but, then Michonne is in there. Yeah, Michonne from The Walking Dead. What's her <laughs> name? Uh, uh, Dana Garay. Is that her name? Yeah, she's in there. We didn't name anyone that was in this film. Because yeah, the only recognize the two recognizable people in the film are these Frank Grillo and Dana Garay. Oh, and and I feel like Wes Craven's in the movie as a doctor in the background. Or no, was that, that the other was, movie? That was uh, Scream Two. Oh, that was Scream Two. Okay, he's not a doctor in this film. We don't know where Wes Craven was in the film. He was too busy writing, producing, fucking uh, doing everything else. 
directing. So, so while they're in the ambulance to the hospital, once again, they're like, hey, uh, the guy, I, you know, he's still not dead, the killer. He got shot six times. He's been shot so many times, but he's still hanging on. And that's when he decides to pop up and start cutting people in the in the damn ambulance. The ambulance flips over. Bodies fly out of the ambulance. It catches on fire. He's gone. He's Michael Myers down the fucking river exactly. like Halloween 4 style. Michael Myers <laughs> Halloween 4 style down the fucking river, okay? Waiting for the old man to fucking collect the blind old man to fucking collect him at the end of it. And then we cut to the hospital where we find out all these people, all these women, are suddenly going into labor for some strange reason. We got seven se- women, and it's a full moon, and it's October seventh on the seventh. And there's seven personalities. Dun dun dun. What do you think is going to happen next? Yeah, actually, I never even thought about it in that way. But okay. So, yeah, everyone's pregnant in this town, the town of like 40 people. (laughs) And all the seven women are pregnant. And they're all whatever. And then one of them is premature. One of them blinds. The baby blind, premature. that, That comes into like nothing. This blind kid is out running through the woods with everybody else. He is the best blind kid ever. He's climbing up walls in the houses. He has like a five minute dialogue even though his throat is slashed and he's been shot in the stomach 29 times. He is fucking (laughs) resilient. They find him stabbed in a closet. He's been there for God knows how long. and he's like 20 years. I I heard on the news about what happened. So I came over here. I climbed up the drain pipe. I read a magazine in the bedroom for a little bit. And then I got stabbed. They put me back in the closet. Like, no, he doesn't say, like, call an ambulance, tell my mom I love her. Please give me some help. No, he recounts his entire day I ate a peanut butter jelly while I was in the closet. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, bro, you need to move over to some Tide because the clothes are kind of stinky. And put some freaking baking soda in them shoes because they stink. And then he dies. Or does he? (laughs) We don't even know. Does he even die? He comes back for more. Who the fuck knows? That's at the end of the movie. You just skipped the whole fucking movie and went to the fucking end. Well, you know. So, I want to say that this film went from it being first 15 minutes where it's fucking nuts and intense. Like, it's just like, I feel like the whole movie should have just been the 15 minutes. That would have been the greatest fucking Wes Craven movie ever. Like, move over Nightmare on Elm Street. We got fucking My Soul to take first 15 minutes, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, we got this. And then... You know, I know that it's, he's, I'm not going to say he's known for this, but you have Nightmare on Elm Street, you got Johnny Depp and fucking Heather Camp, and, you know, good looking fucking people, right? Then you got Scream, some people looking good there, I guess. And then you got Drew Barrymore looking fabulous, by the way. And Neve Campbell, whatever, fine. And then you have this movie, and it's like, who the fuck are these kids? I don't know any of these. That's why we didn't name anyone in this film, because it's Michonne and Grillo. That's it. Everybody else? Fucking peanuts. No offense to the one guy that actually literally did die. A few few years after this movie was done. So sorry for that, dude. But 
I don't know any, I don't even care about any of these people. Like, they, because there was no budget, I'm sure. They were like, look, we cannot hire Pacey. We can't hire fucking. <laughs> we you can't know, even hire 2011 Pacey, much less the Pacey now. <laughs> we can't hire nobody to be in this movie. Not even fucking Lindsay Lohan. Nobody. Ariana Grande. No one knows who she is yet, but we can't hire her. We can't hire anybody. We could just hire these fucking seven kids. And these seven kids are the whole movie because it's the Riverton Seven. And, of course, just like in every fucking town, there has to be, like, the lore. And the thing that happens, they celebrate their birthday all together. And they all get together, the whole group of fucking... It's like, so the class of whatever grade they're in, let's fucking just throw a number. They're in fucking ninth grade. So the ninth grade class, because they were 16. They were turning 16. So they've probably been sophomores. Sophomores, juniors. Yeah, ninth or tenth grade. So... They're there and they always, they have to go to the location where, you know. They still have, I love this part too. The burned out husk of an ambulance is still sitting there. No one's fucking moved it after 16 years. No, it's still there. Because again, Shad, it's a small town. They don't got money for that, man. They just kept it as a decoration. I guess. They were like, look. What are the kids gonna have to fucking be to hang out? We gotta leave something cool. I'm gonna tell you, I wish there was an abandoned ambulance that I could have fucking hung out in. It's covered in candles. I mean, it's a cool fucking looking ambulance. It's intense, yeah. So yeah, it's in the middle of a fucking marsh. Like, Swamp Thing's about to fucking come out of fucking somewhere. Because this place is just disgusting and it's by the river and it probably smells. And... They have, you know, their little ritual where they have some of the, one of the kids come out in this big ass fucking costume. When that fucking thing came out of the woods, I was like, and now goddamn Rob Zombie's in this fucking movie? Where did Rob <laughs> Zombie come out of the fucking woods? Where, what is he doing it, in this movie? It did look like a Rob Zombie It like, looks uh, exactly caricature. like Rob Zombie, more human than human Rob Zombie. Like the Rob Zombie that I like, where he could have just stayed being that Rob Zombie singer, you know, of his band. That's it. <laughs> With his fucking dreads. The end. Um... So that, you know, a big puppet comes out and fucking you're, one of the kids is chosen to like fight the puppet down and if he doesn't they're all cursed and they're all gonna die of course they get like the feeble innocent his name is bug his nickname is bug come on now he's gonna be the one that's gonna take down the thing he can't because he's a bug and, and surprise, surprise, the river starts striking again. And of course, and all like, you know, we gotta have, he has to have visions, you know. There's one girl, she looked like she was 35. <laughs> she, I was like, is that a teacher or a student? She's in this, she, first of all, when you first see her, I thought that she was like a Wiccan. She had like a black cloak robe. She looked mad gothic, white, pale, you know, fuck pale face with the red fucking hair. She's like fucking the biggest Christian. She's out here quoting the Bible and throwing Bibles at people all over the place. And she's just, this is how she's living life in high school. More power to her, okay? Because actually, that was the one character I liked in the movie because she was hilarious. I thought she was so funny. 
even though she wasn't right. But the fact that she was just going up to the fucking kids, like one kid's being bullied and she's like, and thou shalt not. And she's like throwing her fucking things and it's just like, okay, that's... And everyone fears her because she is the word of God. Yeah, and you know, the guy's afraid to punch the girl in front of everybody because even though he's an asshole, he, everybody, he knows that if he punches a girl in the face, especially a religious girl, that's not going to work out well for his reputation. And I love... Um, I always also love that it takes like bajillion years after the fact. This is 16 years, okay? Where was, you know, the fucking Riverton killer doing this fucking 16 years down the fucking river with the fucking blind man nursing him back to health, apparently? Okay? The Riverton Seven. They all have little characteristics, okay? You got Blind Jerome, Loser Alex, Imaginative Jay, Timid Bug, Religious Penelope and Beautiful Brittany and Jock Brandon. <laughs> yeah. So it, I can't. This fucking movie. Go and ahead. I have to remove something from the cat's mouth. Then you have... Uh, then you have one of the characters, which her nickname is Fang, because yeah. she, which is played by Emily Mead, She's a tyrannical bully. She's a bully. She's the fucking worst bully. I mean, this is also a diabolical genius. Because not only is she the fucking ears, eyes, and whatever the fucking school knows everyone's business, fucking knows everyone's secrets. No one will fuck with her. Everyone's afraid. She's also making bank on this shit. She it's has collected like $2,000 off other people's fucking suffering, protection fees, all kinds of shit that this fucking girl's doing in the fucking school with the help of her fucking minions. And they're running the school. And she's just mad evil. I'm talking about she's like the worst. Never did it occur to me because I was just so fucked up at the beginning of the movie. I was just so rattled that... The little girl that literally saw all the horror of her fucking mom with her entrails out and the dad getting shot, you know, a jillion times, that that fucking thing was that little girl. And they don't really go into it. It literally, I would say probably you're all the way through the movie and maybe there's 30 minutes left and you find out like the next reveal which is her bug is the fucking baby that survived from the mom the little foot that was the little foot that was dangling out of the the placenta there that was bug who survived and bug is his fucking sister and she treats him like shit she fucking hates this fucking kid like with a passion Oh, yeah. She hates everybody. Hates everybody, but, you know, she especially hates him because she says, oh, he was born and you were so innocent and everyone had to take care of you and make sure nothing bad happened to you, but they didn't give a shit about me and it's the whole, like, sibling rivalry thing. And By the way, this girl is 19 and she's still in high school. So, is she not going to class? Is she having issues? What is going on with her? why do they allow a 19-year-old to still be in high school? I think at that point, they'd remove you and tell you just to go get your GED. No, man. They keep you in school until you whatever. Obviously, they're not going to let you be in school until you're 25. But I think 20 is the cutoff that you can still stay in high school. Probably 20 is the cutoff. Why would you want to leave the high school, though? 
Hello, you are the biggest, baddest, most popular fucking girl in the fucking school. No one's going to fuck with you. And you're collecting money. She got $2,000 in the bank just from that year. They didn't say this is all the money you had in the thing. I'm going to assume that that money was just for, you know, that year of fucking the, of whatever, their sophomore year. Who knows how much money she had in there? God knows. Uh, probably a shit ton. I would not... That was her job was to be. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to graduate. This is my job is to collect this money and fucking make everyone's life a living hell. I guess. Yeah, it was mad embarrassing. I mean, she should have not been in there. But, you know, what you going to do? So... this They start killing off these kids pretty quick. Like they They do. And you know what's pretty sad? That the whole synopsis of the movie is like Max... Uh, Bug, I'm sorry, Bug, his name is Adam, dun dun dun, he's supposed to be the one that's supposed to be saving them, he doesn't save anybody, no, no one gets saved, he's the worst saver ever, he's like, oh, I just saw how all of y'all gonna die, but, oh, no, I can't help you, you don't help nobody, his, and then it was like, what was the point of them having the visions, for, for nothing. There was no point. It was just, oh, so then you're like, oh, he's fucked up like his dad. That was it. I mean, the whole point of this, like, there's a slasher movie where, like, no one's really saved or anything. There's only one There's only one final person, and you didn't really care because you knew he was going to be the final one because either he was going to be the final one or he was going to be the killer early on. You knew it was going to be one of those two things. So you didn't really care about any of the other characters. And that was the big problem with it. You just, you knew they were all like, six of them are killed. Like they kill one in the overnight and I think three the next day before like five o'clock. And after that, it's just like, well, damn, there's four down. There's only three left. It's, it was crazy. They went through the people too fast. They went through it too fast. The kills were fine. Um, there were some very, there, they were memorable kills. Um, I mean, obviously, especially in the beginning. And the kills were okay, but what gets me is, you know, the whole, there's multiple reveals. And one of the reveals is, uh, besides that I already named, you know, the sister and brother thing and that that's their dad. But the other thing that drove me mad is, oh, so the actual killer that was like being possessed by the spirit or whatever was the best his best friend and his best friend is like the one that you would be like yeah he's a killer he literally was craven was like you know what i'm gonna take out a kevin williamson writing uh page out of this one and be like wait a second uh where were you this whole time dude because i left you over here we were gonna go do this and i was in the kitchen over here and then you were gone the whole time. Like, that whole, like... It was pretty obvious. When it got to the, the certain point, you are like, well, it's obviously him now. I see that. Yeah. it. The whole And then and they didn't really... They, they didn't really at all it. say, like, how he came back. Like, yeah. why he came back. They led you to believe it was going to be Bug throughout the first hour of it. And then the last, like, 30 minutes of it, they switched it. And we're like, nah, it's not him. I also feel like this was the longest movie I'd ever seen in my life. It just would not end. I don't know if it's because it was just bad 
or it the editing was terrible and it just took forever the pacing of the movie wasn't correct but i don't know did you get that feeling yeah i thought it, i would rather have had it all been like on the very same night like 16 years later if everything had happened on that night and like they're all being chased through the woods they have to, something but by the time you go they like, go to school the next day they do their projects they're doing all this other stuff. It's, uh, you didn't care about any of that. Yeah, then there's like the whole thing about the Condors project. And there's a long segment where they tell you everything you ever wanted to know about the California Condor. And I'm I'm happy for the Condor, but it didn't really need to be in the film. Like a whole fucking piece of the movie. It would have been cooler if when they got attacked during the ceremony that they were doing, if the rest of the movie had taken place with them trying to get away from the killer, they realized, oh shit... We thought that was just a puppet, but someone's actually trying to kill us. If they spent the whole night with the characters trying to escape and all that, it would have been a lot more engaging. Yeah, let Rob Zombie go around killing people. Like, (laughs) hello, that would have been probably a more interesting movie. I mean, this took an interesting concept, but it just, again, like from what I've read online, this is another one that the beginning and the ending were reshot, and I think that's why... That's obviously why the action is so fucking crazy at the beginning. And then it's probably another thing where they changed who the killer was at the end to try and be like, oh, well, we all liked that guy. He turned out to be the killer, so we're going to switch it at the last minute and make him not the killer. Yeah, you couldn't have Bug be the killer because that would have been too obvious. That would have been too obvious. If anything, I was going to say maybe the daughter should have been the killer, but then that would have been obvious too because she saw the horrors and it's like, of course, like, you know. But that would have been kind of cool if they'd had a woman be the slasher for a change. Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess. I guess. You know? Or have it be the aunt. Something. Like, she's tired of taking care of these kids and, you know. Or the cop. Her fucking sister the died. The spirit jumped into the cop. Yeah. Okay. I could have seen that. What if Loomis turned out to be the Michael, next Michael Myers? There you go. Do something crazy. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Something like that. I don't, it, 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 you're right. The pacing, the pacing of this movie is completely off because you have that fast-paced, crazy fucking beginning and then everything else is like molasses. They should have kept a- that, went to a little bit of a break with the, like the ceremony in the woods and then went back to the craziness. If it had kept that up and been like a like a lean like eighty minute movie where it was just like a chase through the fucking woods and some houses with a killer after him, that would have been amazing. Yeah, or or <laughs> we're just gonna rewrite this whole movie. Or the spirit was jumping from the seven because each of them was a different personality. And the spirit was jumping from the seven kids and each kid committed some fucking kind of crazy murder amongst the other kids or other people in the fucking town. And you didn't know, like, it was like clue. Like, you didn't know who the fucking killer really was. Turns out to be Murder on the Orient Express. They all did it. (laughs) Spoiler, if you haven't seen Murder on the Orient Express, they all did it. I mean, isn't that movie like 40 fucking years old? Yeah, and the book's like another 40 years after before that, so... (laughs) The book came out like 1930, so if you haven't figured it out by now, they all did it on Murder on the Orient Express. I went straight to the film because people don't even read anymore, do they? I mean, you do, and I do, but other people? People, you you read out there? I know other people read out there. 
Nevertheless, I give this film one knife. And I also send the rest of the knives to Wes Craven. Okay, I am sorry, my friend, that this happened to you. But again. Again. Again this happened. And I am tragically sad, but we love you. And we hope that you're resting and happy wherever you happen to be. So, yeah, this this one was another Wes Craven dud. dud. And maybe there's a reason that uh, we haven't heard of some of these movies more often. Yeah, in five years, I don't know what he was doing between 2005 and 2010. Probably taking a fucking rest. Hopefully not writing this movie, because... Well, this is another one they said took several years to get done. It's just such a shame that, you know, that kind of stuff just happens. And he happened to be someone that it happened a lot to. Yeah, he got on the receiving end of a lot. We didn't cover it, but from what I gather, The Hills Have Eyes 2 is the same kind of thing. That's why it's a mostly flashbacks to the previous movie and there's even a dog flashback so you know poor Wes just didn't catch a break no the hills of ice too it's like what could that movie even i mean <laughs> what's like it, the mutants in the hill like i don't i don't i don't get why would there be even a sequel to that just don't just don't do it don't do it thank you so much for joining us and yet another Wes craven film where we've covered my soul to take and and then and then wait a second and then they're gonna name the movie after a fucking prayer like why i and then they incorporated it into the movie but yet it has nothing to do with the movie i under i i get like the fucking evil guy's soul. There's so much to unpackage there because... Look, hold on. We were going to stop the podcast. We were going to end it. And now I'll have to get back into it. I've got reeled back in. Explain, riddle me this. Okay? How did only the soul of the bad guy lived when literally the main soul was the dad? Is he the just the most powerful personality? It was supposed to be... That each of the kids represented a different aspect of his personality. That's why when the first kid that gets killed was the one who was making all the puppets. When he dies, Bug suddenly, you know, he has this nightmare. He wakes up and he goes and makes the fucking puppet like the kid, the other kid could. So he picked that up from him. When he's in the principal's office and someone else gets killed, he remember he quotes like something from the Bible that the religious girl was saying. He picks up their different personalities, move into Bug after they die. I'm not saying it makes sense. This is but just, why? And also, did I fucking can't tell oh, you okay? These fine, things. I know. I just asked you why, but so what you're saying is Bug became Freddy Cougar because in like fucking Dream Warrior or one of them or fucking Dream Child, there's a scene where he rips open his fucking sweater when he's in the diner and he has the souls in his chest and they're all like. Mah! coming out of his chest so literally he's freddy cougar is what you're telling me he's freddy cougar so what the fuck man like no no like take back my knife zero knives <laughs> zero <laughs> knives <laughs> no i give it i give the first 15 minutes four knives the rest of the movie one knife one knife and a doo-doo smear <laughs> shot's like no why did you say that because it is a shitter of a movie okay after the 15 minutes I'm mad now because of the whole fucking... So that doesn't make any sense what you just told me. But I really didn't... 
I get it. I get it now, but I also don't get it. And and I, I get it, like you see a little bit of that in the dad because obviously he had a creative side because he was making the rocking horse and the beautiful dollhouse. So that was the soul that made the puppet. Yeah. But you don't have multiple souls. You got one soul and then that's it. But he was taking the other kids' souls. Okay, there's just. So I'm not much. saying souls. I, it's. I'm saying it was from what I read. It was supposed to be those were the personalities that went into okay, each kid. Okay, okay. And then when the kids died, that personality released and it took into him soul, whatever your personality, whatever. He's absorbing that back in. Okay, the podcast is done. We're we're done with this podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I hold you for another 15 seconds. And uh, stay tuned to the horror, <laughs> but not to this movie. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.